Welcome to On The Spot, where two student pastors talk about stuff that matters. I'm Dakota, and Kyle's not here. So here's the thing. Kyle is out today because they have a really big middle school event this weekend. Today is March 25th, as we're recording, and Kyle is preparing for Elevate Weekend, which is... um, Basically, the weekend that we had for high school, which was Grace, Kyle does Elevate, which is just middle school specific, and there you've got a lot planned for this weekend. So we decided to give Kyle the day off so that he could prepare for that and be ready. So instead of Kyle, we have Amy Johnson. Hey, guys. I'm really, really excited that Amy's here because Amy is our girls ministry director here at Spotswood in our student ministry, and she does an absolutely phenomenal job, and this is the first time you're on the podcast. Super glad to be here. Are you super nervous? Uh, well, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I mean, me and Kyle are really good at this, so. Right. You guys are professionals, <laughs> and I am yet a young grasshopper learning the ways. Yeah, well, so as we were just talking about, there's a lot of things that uh, me and Kyle have learned over the 16 episodes that we have already recorded. Uh, and most of that is what not to do. Um, so we're still awesome. trying to figure out the right things to do. Well, hopefully I won't make all my mistakes today. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Um, so Amy, we always start with uh, question of the day, but before we get to that, I have another question for you. Okay. And this is really important. Everybody that has come on the podcast as a guest so far, yes. we have asked this and we have been displeased with the answer every time. I didn't put this in the show notes on purpose, by the way. Um, how many episodes have you listened to? Oh, goodness. Okay. Not all of them. Because I don't know how many episodes there have been. Um, so have far, 15 have been released. Ha- oh, goodness. Okay, so I have probably listened to, I'm trying to think which ones, the topics that I've listened to. Well, I hope that you listened to the one that your husband was on. I definitely listened to that one. So you listened to the abortion episode I with did. Christian Johnson. Yes. And, and Santa Claus on Halloween. Oh, I listened to those. Okay. Yeah. Yes, so that's three. You um, listened to the Bethel one, I'm sure. Definitely listened yep. to the Bethel one. Okay. So, so that, uh, I'm at four. Here's the thing. Four Once you got past one, you <laughs> beat every other guest we've had. Because <laughs> at this point, every guest we've had on has only listened to one or less. Well, I'm feeling extremely good about myself. Yeah, right you now. should. Okay. You should. And we're feeling good that you have affirmed us in what we're doing. That's why I'm here. So, <laughs> so the actual question of the day is this. How many countries have you been to? And of those countries, what is your favorite? Because I know that you have a little more extensive travel in your life than, say, me. Well, yes. It's all been to one area of the planet, though. So I, I don't know if that is, ex- I don't know, considered extensive or not. But um, Latin America has been my go-to place. I've been to five different countries in Latin America. Of those, uh, it's really hard because I've loved different things about all of them. But of those, probably my favorite is Costa Rica. Like if you said, hey, let's move to Costa Rica, I'd be like, I would absolutely give it serious consideration. <laughs> so so that's the place where Chris had to come and show everybody that he was a, a man that was in your life and existed, right? Yes, that was <laughs> the place where Chris came and let the world know that I was taken. <laughs> That was my favorite story uh, ever. So so what are the countries that you've been to? You've been to Costa Rica. Costa Rica, Mexico. Actually, yeah. my first time going to Mexico was with this church. So Hello. yeah, a lot of people uh, feel like Mexico is the go-to place because it's so close, but I had never been. Um, so Costa Rica, Mexico, Venezuela, which people usually go, really? But this was a long time ago, back when you could get into Venezuela as mm. a Christian missionary. Yeah. Um, I was a, fr- a freshman in high school when I went to Venezuela. And um, yeah, so that was really interesting. And then Honduras, spent some time in Honduras, Panama. And I would say I've had layovers in o- other countries, but I don't know if those count. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, what would be really funny is if you talked about all these Latin American countries and then you said you didn't know Spanish. Oh, that 
but yes. But you do know Spanish. I do know Spanish. You're very yes. good at Spanish. Um, so I have only been to two other countries other than America. I've been to the Bahamas on a cruise. So I kind of feel like that's like hey. cheating a little bit. Hey. <laughs> but I've also been to Mexico. I went on the same trip that you did. We went to Mexico City um, to help out with some church plant stuff down there which was very exciting and very difficult for me because I don't speak Spanish at all. Um, well, you did great. You did really good. Yeah, as long as I had somebody with me that could speak <laughs> Spanish. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, of those places, I would say that Mexico is probably my favorite because I spent more than a day there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, enough. yeah, I'm... I'm far less traveled, but hopefully I'm going to Iceland this year. I am super um, excited for you about that. It just depends on the old COVID. Yeah. So. Well, hopefully that'll result in uh, one day you being able to take a whole bunch of it. Yes, that would Iceland. be glorious. We'll see what happens. So, Amy, today we're going to be talking about um, Craig Rochelle's new book. We're going to be doing a review on that. It's yep. called Winning the War in Your Mind. But before we jump into that, mm-hmm. um, not everybody knows you. You know, I mean, our high school students know you very well because you primarily engage in that area uh, with your job. But um, can you tell us your story? Essentially, tell us what your testimony is, how you met the Lord and why are you in ministry? Like, what was your call to ministry look like and all that? Okay, so um, grew up in a Christian home, which uh, was a huge blessing in so many ways. Uh, So I I don't ever remember a time that I didn't know who Jesus was or that he loved me, which is an amazing blessing um, to have. And so um, I made a profession of faith pretty young. I was seven um, when I made a profession and was baptized. Um, But I think that uh, like a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people who grow up in church, um, there are just some things that I didn't have correct frames around as far as what it looked like to to walk with Jesus and what it what it really meant and so um one of the things that happened I kind of went through what I call my middle school thing (laughs) where I really began to look around and question whether or not Christianity really worked because I was looking at different people's lives who went to church and were, you know, pretty active or, or, or whatever and going, okay, well, they, they don't look any different than anybody else does. Mm. It, things are really broken. And I think coming to that um, realization really impacted me because I thought, you know, we were, it, it was supposed to be different and it's not. And so it doesn't work. And so in the middle of all of this going, okay, well, if it doesn't work, then why am I doing it? Um, and some different events took place um, in my life personally that kind of was the crux where I said, I just don't want to do it anymore because I don't see it being effective. And so um, that was when I entered middle school and really decided I'm just going to do what I want. And so I did. <laughs> And it turned out really badly. <laughs> um, you know, I I really got involved with a group of people um, in my neighborhood that uh, just weren't following Jesus and, and didn't really care either. And so we just did a lot of things that really were destructive. And I think what what was interesting was that even in the midst of that, I know that I was saved because in the midst of all of these things that I was doing, I had this keen sense that if God was who he said he was, I wasn't going to get away with this for long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, there was just this sense of I couldn't do this forever. And it really just took me down a path where I was having to hide more. I was having to lie more. I was carrying the guilt and shame for choices that I was making. And so it, it didn't make doing my own thing wasn't making my life better. Um, it was making it much worse. And God, because he is awesome, even when I am not awesome, um, really kind of looking at my life and going, okay, girlfriend self-destructing here. We need, a, we, we need to pull her out of here and put her in a different environment. And that's exactly what God did um, my freshman year in high school. 
he just surrounded me with people who were displaying really well what it actually meant to follow Jesus. And what I didn't understand at the time was that following Jesus wasn't about checking a whole bunch of boxes, um, that that wasn't ever going to change anybody's heart or their lives, checking boxes, right? It was about completely surrendering everything to the Lordship of Jesus and laying your life down in whatever that looks like and letting him change us, right? So it wasn't until high school that I got that, that that was my aha that it, um, my disappointment with the brokenness that I was seeing, um, you know, people are broken, right? Mm. And we are, we, we are all have access to God's healing. It's whether or not we're going to surrender to it. We're going to surrender to his way. And so it was in high school that I decided, well, I'm self-destructing. This is bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to do this your way and, um, really laid my life down uh, in a, in a deeper Um, way with a lot greater understanding of what that would look like. And so God used amazing people in my life in high school and um, the rest is history. I just haven't gotten off this ship because I don't know of any better way to live. I don't know of any better way to um, find freedom. Um, This is what not only makes the most sense, but what has given my life the most purpose. So yeah, and um, as far as ministry, you'd asked when I, you know, when that started, because by profession for a long time, I was a Spanish teacher. Mm-hmm. But I will say, like, even from high school, I was taught really well that if you're a follower of Jesus, you're called to ministry. That's good. So um, that was something that I knew was always going to be a part of my life. Just what it looked like might be different. So even though by trade, I made money by teaching Spanish, um, I did ministry all throughout, right? So what that looked like for me might have been taking some of my Spanish students overseas on a missions trip or getting plugged into my local church and working with youth. I've always had a heart for youth just because those were the times in my life where God just Mm -hmm. gripped my heart. And so um, just getting to be a part of that season of life um, in other people's lives, that's just super exciting to me. So um, I've always been plugged in in that way. I would say the last two years of teaching Spanish, um, I loved teaching Spanish. I loved everything about teaching Throwing Spanish. markers at kids. Thro- that was the favorite part, 100%. <laughs> throwing markers at kids, although I have to confess that my aim has gotten worse as, um, I, as the years progressed. <laughs> <laughs> to the detriment of some of my students. But um, yes, so the last two years, just something in my heart changed. Like it wasn't that I stopped enjoying it, but it wasn't giving me this, the satisfaction and that sense of fulfillment that it had been for so many years. And I didn't know what to do with that. I'm like, Lord, what's going on? Um, and I had this feeling that he was going to be calling me out of teaching as a profession. I just didn't know what it was going to look like afterwards. And for about two years, I felt that way. And just praying, just praying, praying, praying. It was going to be Costa Rica. (laughs) That would have been nice. Yes, yes. Um, Preferably near a beach. (laughs) But um, yes. And then I got a phone call from Kyle. um, And he said, hey, there's this position that I think that would be a really good fit for you. And so he was describing to me the girls' ministry um, position. And I think God knew that um, he was going ha- to have to prepare me to say yes quickly because um, that's exactly what was needed. Um, Kyle called me on a Friday, and I gave him a yes on a mo- that following Monday. Nice. Um, so, you know, those two years of of feeling unsettled that God was about to do something different, um, prepared me for Kyle calling me and going, yes, this is it. So it wasn't one of those situations where you had to stop and say, well, let me pray about it. Cause I, you had basically prayed yourself up for two years. It's kind of, kind of how it was. And yeah. when I went home to tell my, you know, my husband about it, it was just almost, so it Amy, was the obvious answer. Uh, yeah. We've yeah. talked about your call to ministry a little cool. bit. We've talked about your testimony and I'm super glad that Kyle, offered you the job because I will say that's probably one of his best hires uh, because 
you get to work in my area. <laughs> so, we have a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and our, our my area would not work the way it works. The high school ministry would not be as effective without you as a part of it in our season, especially. So Thanks, I'm man. grateful for that. Um, so what's your favorite thing about your job? Um, obviously, you work directly with me, so... I'm kind of a big deal as far as what your favorite <laughs> part of your job should be. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I would love to know what your favorite aspect of your job is. I'm assuming it has to do with the students. It, how did you know? <laughs> how did you know? A close second. You're a close second, Dakota. Um, <laughs> no, absolutely. Working with the students, uh, getting to have those conversations where you just get to dig in and talk about real things that that students are going through. And um, that is absolutely my favorite thing. If I could fill up my day with that, that would be my favorite thing to do. Yeah, because currently part of your job is not just doing the girls ministry directive stuff, but you are also doing a lot of the admin administrative stuff for right. the high school ministry, which yes. um, one day, one day uh, that it will probably happen. change. I hope, um, because I would, I, I would love to see your, your talents and your gifts being poured directly all into that one area, yes. um, because that's definitely the best part of what you do. Not that you do anything poorly with the administrative side of stuff, oh, but, you're very kind um, of yeah, uh, well, <laughs> it's better <laughs> if it's a lot better than what I would be doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <clears throat> okay. So what's, uh, one of the biggest challenges of your job? Mm. Be careful. Cause remember me and Kyle are, are... You guys can't be on that list? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Biggest challenge. Well, aside from juggling the thing that I love to do most with the things that I have to do in order for the ministry to run. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the given. Right. I think that's everybody. I think that's, I think that's ministry, right? That's just... Um, part of there are a lot of things that you have to do in order to do what you get to what you love to do yeah and um so but having said that I would say biggest challenge well I guess let me let me go to probably one of the biggest things I've learned since I've been in full-time because I think the challenge is to remember this and to put it into practice. So probably one of the biggest things that I've learned is, you know, in a lot of different jobs that you can have, right, whether you're working at Chick-fil-A or whether you're, hey, a Spanish teacher, um, you know, when you make mistakes in those kinds of jobs, it's easy to move on from that, right? Like, you know, if I get a grade wrong, I can go in and fix it. Or if I get an order wrong in, you know, Chick-fil-A, I can, I can, I can fix that, right? Um, ministry carries a weight that is different yeah. because making a mistake in ministry impacts people, mm -hmm. right? And so there's a different weight that comes with that. So I think the challenge for me, what I'm learning is the importance of moving slowly and asking God in every step that it's easy to kind of run ahead, make decisions, you know, kind of in this, you get caught up in the momentum and you just do things right. And I think that the challenge in ministry is that God has asked us to be careful, to be cautious, to, to pray first, you know? Mm. And, um, and so the challenge that I'm learning, you know, we see Joshua did that, right? They won this battle of Jericho and he's like, yes, let's go in and tackle the next battle, mm -hmm. you know? And if he had slowed down a minute and talked to God and, and not assumed, I wonder if AI would have happened. I wonder if those men would have died, right? I wonder if it could have played out differently. And so God is teaching me to slow down which is hard because I'm a doer and a go-getter. Um, he's saying, he's teaching me to slow down and to seek him in every step. And that's a challenge for me. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good answer because uh, I love what you said. In ministry, what we do affects people yes. because the whole point is people. Absolutely. Um, we're here to shepherd and minister to people. We're supposed to point them to the gospel, point them to Jesus, see them grow, the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, right? Right. And the thing about that is, is people are messy and, and are. it's challenging. And we're, I was saying, and, and not messy. only people that we, 
we minister to, but we're we're messy. You know, we we have faults and we have um, deficiencies in what we can and know how to do and things like that. Absolutely. Which means that sometimes there's an unrealistic expectation on us mm. for what we can do or should do, mm. which leads to when we mess up or when we make a, a, a wrong decision or one that is which just isn't agreed eventually. with, which will absolutely happen and does happen. <laughs> right. um, shocker, everyone, we, we do mess up. Um, it tends to be something where people get really upset mm-hmm. or they just leave. Right. Which hurts our hearts because because we're just trying to do the best, which is why I, I love what you said. Slow down, pray, focus on the Lord and what he wants, because I'm the same. Yeah, I can really easily be like, oh, well, I know what to do with this next thing. I know how right. to accomplish that. But it doesn't matter if you know how to. Right. Or have all the great intentions. Correct. Right. Because, I mean, our efforts absent from the power of the Lord mm. is worthless. You know, yes, <laughs> so right. so that's really, really good. And I really liked that answer. It's better than being like, well, my challenge is learning how to use CCB, uh, <laughs> which I still <laughs> that's am another one. very bad at. <laughs> so, so, okay. So last question before we move into the book. Okay. What's something that, like, what's one thing that you want our listeners, which our listeners are primarily our high school students, uh, some middle school, but we have quite a few of our leaders and uh, some parents that listen right now, we want to expand that. So help us out with that, everybody. Uh, but what is one thing that you want our listeners to know about you? Mm. Well, aside from my affinity for chocolate eclairs and my chemical addiction to caffeine, <laughs> um, I would say I'm still working on it. I want them to know I'm still working on it. And I think what we just talked about kind of fed into that, right? Yeah. Just that... Um, I haven't arrived, and that I guess seems obvious you haven't arrived, but one of one of my favorite things that I get to do when I talk with students is one of the favorite studies that I do with um, some of my students is this thing where we address things like approval, the struggle for approval, the struggle for performance, you know, the things that we struggle with, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, my students have an opportunity to share, oh, yeah, well, this is where I see it show up in my life. And I get to go, same. This is where I struggle with this, too. Yeah. This is where it shows up in my life. And it might look different than yours just because I've lived a little longer and I'm in a different you know, season of life. But I still struggle with this. This is something that God is still working on in me. And um, so, yeah, I would say that's what I would want people to know. Nice. Nice. I like that. Um, so again, that is Amy. She is our girls ministry director. Uh, she's incredible at her job and God's using her in big ways. So Amy, let's talk about this book a little bit. Okay. So we threw you in on this and we actually told you to read the wrong book uh, initially. <laughs> and you, you know, I started reading that book again because I had already read it and forgot. Um, Kyle and I did a book review on the unsaved Christian when we were doing YouTube videos, which birthed our podcast. And we did a review on that book. Well, we had scheduled to do that re- a review on that book on the podcast. And when I started reading it, I got to chapter three. I was like, this is really like familiar. So I read um, the whole book. I'm just saying. Yeah. Amy did the whole thing. But we had already it. read it all the way through as well. And it's a good book. So um, probably didn't lose too much other than time, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is very valuable. Uh, so we switched it up and we moved to Craig Groeschel's new book, which is Winning the War in Your Mind. And you had to read it in like a week because I took a long time. So I'm glad that Amy is really good at her job. So can you give us a kind of a summary or an overview of what this book is about? Absolutely. So, and I, I will, I do have a confession to make. There was an eye roll before I started reading this book, just because, <laughs> you know, I was, I was a, a little bit bitter about having to read something quickly. However, this is a great book. This was worth, this was yeah. worth it. It was so good. Um, but yes, the, the main concepts, um, the, the big takeaways from this book. So the summary, I would say Craig is trying to get us to think about what we think about um, mm. because it impacts 
everything in our lives. And he really unpacks how our thoughts have power to in our decision making, um, in our relationships, in the direction that we take. And that some of the thoughts that end up in our head, right, the voice that we listen to, sometimes it comes from us. Sometimes it's put in there by other people. Sometimes it's put in there by our enemy, mm-hmm. right? And and so we really need to take an inventory about how we think and what we think and figure out where it's coming from and if it's grounded in truth. Yeah. So he starts out this book, <coughs> excuse me, he starts out this book uh, with this phrase, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And what we think shapes who we are. That's a that's a bold statement. Um, and as I read that, and as I thought about the the entirety of the book, first of all, this book is one that you potentially could read more than once, two times, three times, um, because there's so much good in it that you can learn. Yeah. Uh, you need to focus on a couple things at a time, mm-hmm. or read it really slowly. Um, that's that's the other option there. So. I read this statement that he starts the book with, and it's kind of a big deal because the whole book is based on this statement. Mm. Because just like you said, just like Craig says multiple times in the book, everything that you think is why you do what you do. Yep. If if you're thinking it, if you've done it, it's because you thought about it first. Period. Absolutely. I know that we use this thing like, "Are you even thinking? Like, what, <laughs> did you did you think at all before you said that, or right. things like that?" Well, yes, you did. Even if you think, I'm using the word "think," even if you think that you didn't think about it beforehand, you did, right? Because that's the way it works. It doesn't come out of you unless it started in you. Correct. So, so that's a big big deal to me, and I think that it's important when you start the book to understand that that phrase is going to drive everything mm. in the whole book. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and just remembering that phrase, that our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. How how can we, if, if that is what we believe, right, um, how can we not take inventory of what we're putting in our head? Yeah. Well, and if you're unhappy with the direction of your life, mm. You need to ask yourself what you're thinking about most. Ooh, good. Yeah. Rather than just stewing and being unhappy about where your life is. Absolutely. And being unhappy with the decisions you're making. Well, what are you thinking about? What are you dwelling on? Right. That's why that's why when we talk about reading the Bible, mm-hmm. it's not a legalistic thing. It's just a necessary thing. Mm. Because your life is going to move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. That's right. And we're supposed to be dwelling and thinking on the word of God, right? So it's really, really good. We could probably spend a long time talking about just that, but uh, what are, what are three primary takeaways from the book? Just, I know that there's a lot uh, and it was really hard for me to narrow this down. And and honestly, what ended up happening to me is, is I chose three things in the first half of the book. (laughs) Um, So what are, what are kind of three things? Give me yours and then I'll kind of share mine. Okay, absolutely. So one, one big one for me, and I don't know that it was, brand new information, but it was such a good reminder. He talked about the power of repetition and he used it in the context of talking about our enemy, right? Satan, that he's not particularly creative in how he gets us to go in a certain direction, but he is very repetitive, Mm -hmm. right? And so, and then if we believe something that is untrue long enough, we will act as if it is true. And all Satan has to do is repeat himself and whether it's with our circumstances or with things that people say or, you know, and so, and this is actually proven, um, even in science. So, and I had to go back and look at this, uh, Craig Rochelle was like, said at one point, people believe that they only use 10% of their brain. And I'm like, wait, they don't. I totally believed that. I totally believed that. And he says, because somebody said it to you multiple times over and over, and so now you believe it. And I had to go back and make sure he was right. <laughs> and sure enough, he is. We don't just use 10% of our Yeah, brain. I 100% believed my whole life <laughs> that 
we only use 10% and at times people said that I use less. So, <laughs> you know, that was one of the things where I was just like, whoa, that's not true. I'm smarter than everyone thought, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. So yeah, that was probably one, one of the things. So, um, it caused me to pay attention to what are the things that I'm hearing over and over and are they true? Um, and yeah. so, because it has the power to, um, to make me believe it, right? It, it gets my wires crossed. What I, what I choose to believe is true. Um, I really also liked how he said um, to allow God to reframe your circumstances. Mm. So this really hit home with me because this is exactly what I did. This is part of my testimony that I looked at the circumstances around me. I looked at people around me and I allowed Satan to control the narrative of what that meant. I, when I saw brokenness around me in people that were Christians, I thought, well, the frame that I put around it, well, Christianity doesn't work. That was the frame that I decided was accurate for my circumstances. And I had to let God reframe that. I Mm -hmm. had to allow God to say, no, it's not that what I offer doesn't work. It's that people choose to do things on their own effort. Mm -hmm. And so they continue in brokenness when I'm the only one that can heal them. So I had to let God reshape my circumstances, circumstances of my past, but also, um, change the frame that I put on circumstances today. Yeah. Well, um, all good things similar even to some of the stuff that I've, I've written down as well. Um, the replacement principle that he talks about, which is what you're talking about, removing lies and replacing those lies with truth. Mm -hmm. Because just like you said, um, one of the quotes that I wrote down for, for later is the one where he talks about, you know, if you believe a lie long enough, you've already said it, you start to operate as if it's true. Mm. Um, so replacing those lies and the concept that he gives is is whatever lie you've identifi- identified, remove that from your life mm. and replace it with truth. Replace it with God's word. Absolutely. Replace it with that and think and dwell on that and it will change your mind because he talks about ruts and trenches. Yes. A rut That's is so an good. unintentional thing that, happen by accident and is not good mm-hmm. and it causes problems mm-hmm. where a trench is an intentionally dug thing to fix something yep. to divert something to protect something so or to irrigate something like that's what a trench is it's something that's intentionally built for the uh, positive um, response of whatever you're doing so I like that a lot the replace principle also um, declaring truths mm. man. I love that. Um, the and yeah, yes, absolutely. Uh, because Craig Rochelle shares a lot of his personal uh, declarations, which was actually really helpful. Mm. Um, it was really nice that he was so uh, vulnerable in that. And that's the way he writes in general. In most of his books, he's very open, which I really appreciate. Mm. Uh, but declaring truths is a great part. And then the the third thing that I would say was the section about unanswered prayers. It's just a good reminder that, you know what, sometimes we, we ask for things that aren't best. Right. Um, and sometimes we ask for things that God wants to teach us by not giving it to us right. or by giving us something hard, you know. And I think that it's just a good reminder to uh, have the practice of looking back on your life and thanking God for the things that he didn't do just as much as we thank God for the things that he did do. Absolutely. So... And- to your point about the trenches versus the ruts, um, you know, I just think about, and, and you touched on this, ruts can happen in our life with little to no effort. Mm-hmm. It's you, A lot of the times it's about the circumstances ar- around us or, you know, the people around us, the circumstances around us, and they happen, right? Um, like the storm. I didn't put forth any effort for the rut that a storm uh, mm-hmm. might create, but trenches take a lot of work yeah to to dig yeah, my husband and I did that uh, not too long ago in our front yard and unfortunately someone decided to build a neighborhood on a mound of rocks and so it was a lot of work it was backbreaking and there were moments when I wanted to stop doing it 
right? It took intentionality and it was hard work. So what gets us in our ruts takes little effort at all. Yeah. But to get ourselves out of our ruts is going to take hard work. And I think, again, that power of repetition, that the more we intentionally apply God's truth and say, no, I'm going to declare this is what's true, even though that's not what I've declared in the past, it, 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 it's not a once and done. You have to do it over and over and over again yeah. before you're going to start to see the fruit of it in your life. Yeah, that's true. Um, so moving forward in our discussion here, I want to talk a little bit about how this book is applied to me directly and some of the things that I've taken from it and how I've implemented that in my life right now. Okay. Um, because, you know, um, when this comes out, it will have been a little bit since. But Haley and I have been going through a pretty tough time. Mm. Haley has just recently had a miscarriage, which was just devastating for us. Mm. Uh, very, very difficult. So the fact that we changed the book and ended up reading this I think was very timely for the Lord because I'm just saying there's been a lot of, of lies, a lot of wrong thinking, a lot of trying to understand and comprehend what has happened. Absolutely. And knowing that if I dwell on the wrong things and if I dwell on the things that are lies, that those things can impact my life in a way that I would believe that they're true, that is just something I want to avoid. And in addition to that, this idea of thanking God for something he didn't do. Mm, that's hard. Oh, man. It's very, very hard. Mm. But I trust the Lord that he has a purpose. Absolutely. Um, Psalm 139. Uh, I trust him that he has a purpose, and though our child was not born, God had a purpose for their life. That's right. And God is using that in our life, mm. and I believe he will use this whole thing in other people's lives because there's purpose, because God knows us from the beginning. But what has what was happening <clears throat> was that I was starting to think and believe that there wasn't a purpose, that this was just a thing that happened. And, right. and that's just wrong. That's just wrong. That's mm -hmm. biblically wrong. God does not operate that way. God loves us more than that. Hmm. And so as I have so replaced that in my mind, it has helped me heal. It has helped my wife heal. Uh, and it has helped us walk forward. And then in addition to that, the the there's been lies that have been coming saying we're alone in this, we're alone in this. You gotta deal with this yourself, you gotta deal with it yourself. And that is a right. huge load of just garbage. Right. Because I mean, you and Chris have been incredible encouragements to us in this. Um, even just as simple as saying, Hey, we're gonna bring you dinner. <laughs> you know, that's huge for us. And and in addition to that, we have there has been people that have surfaced around us, the church the people that are following God, the church has shown up in our lives in ways of saying, hey, we've been through this. Mm. We want to walk with you through this. We want to pray for you. Our staff has been incredible to me and my family in this. So the lie of saying you're in this alone, this is going to control you, this is going to define you, mm. is not true. That's right. It's not true. And, and I'm telling you, the book, I've been talking to you and to other people as I've been reading this book being like, whoa, this is, this is actually impacting me right now because nothing that Craig Rochelle is saying is just him giving you information. It's from the Bible. It's from scripture. Absolutely. <laughs> you yeah. know, he's giving you some practical scientific information that he's done research on, but he is bolstering every bit of that with the Bible. So as I was reading this, it was directing me back to scripture mm. That was changing my life. Yes, I love that. It, it's it's like the science that people ha now understand about how our brain works. It just supports what Scripture has been telling us the whole time yeah. and why Scripture says the things that it says. It, it brings to light and greater understanding, but at no point in time is it conflicting with what God's been telling us from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So good. Yeah, So so again, this book is what I've read in it and the truths that I've pulled from it and the concepts and the principles 
have directly applied to me right now. Mm. It's not something where I was like, yeah, you know, this might be helpful in the future. No, it's something that helped me now. That's awesome. Um, so, and it's because it pointed me back to the truth of scripture. So really, really good. It's something that's impacted me a lot. Um, I'll probably in the future hash out a little bit more of, of our story walking through uh, this really difficult thing in our life. But uh, that's, that's a, that's another day. Um, so Amy, what, what did you like most about this book? And I mean, we may have kind of hit on some of that already. Yeah. I, in a lot of ways we have, um, I think that, um, one of the things that I really appreciate about it is how practical it is, Mm. um, that at the end of every chapter, he gives us time to unpack what he has said. And I think that the danger we have in just reading books or, even listening to podcasts or sermons or different things is that we, we put information in our brain, but we never really flesh it out and kind of do that hard work of, okay, how am I going to apply this? What am I actually physically going to do? And, and Craig, I think recognizes our need for that. Okay. We have this principle now let's work on it. Let's, let's flesh it out. And so at the end of every chapter, there's exercises that you can do. And as I was reading this, of course, I was reading, reading it quickly to get ready for um, mm-hmm. us coming together. But I was going back and going, oh, I need to go back and do this. This is so good. And yeah. so my husband doesn't know it yet, but I'm hoping it's something that he'll do with me. So, yeah. I'm sure that he will. Your <laughs> husband is a good dude. He's pretty great. Um, so and, and in addition to that, what you're saying is it is really important because Craig Rochelle does a great job of doing that in a lot of his books. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has thought further than a lot of people in that, and it may not have been him, but I assume that it's him. Um, I, I did the audio book mm-hmm. because that's how I consume books because I, I read slow. But I did the audio book, and he actually, if you were to do the audio book and not purchase the hard copy, he actually includes a PDF when you get the audio book of the exercises because it's important to do them. And again, because we did this, read this pretty quickly, I didn't get to do many of them, but I plan on going back and actually doing the exercises as well because I think that that is where you're going to get the most application from the book. Um, I also think that this is Craig Rochelle at his best. Mm. Um, I think that this is... I've read a lot of his books, and I think this is my favorite of his books. Um, I haven't read all of his books. I mean, I think that his list of books is in the front of this, and there's like a ton of them. Um, But I think that this is one of the best ones that I've read because it's a book where if you only read part of it, you've missed something important. Mm. Um, There's a lot of books where you can read a third of it and you've gotten the whole concept. Right, a lot of fluff. Yeah, and you don't really need to read the rest of it. This book, you need to read the whole thing. It, it's not often that you find a nonfiction book that you need to read the whole thing to get all of it and to get all the value from it yeah. um, because every chapter is important. Every exercise, every principle that he gives you matters and is important. So, this is the first one I've read of his, so it makes me want to read his other st- other stuff that he's. Yeah, so he read. does <clears throat> some of the stories that he tells. Um, I've heard before because okay. he's either preached and shared them or he has um, written about them. So, uh, divine direction. Mm. Uh, I've read that, and he talks about several of these stories because divine direction is literally him talking about his life and how he has made decisions, and some of these stories show up in that book and this one, Um, but that's not to negate the value of them at all. Um, I've heard him preach about and use the the story about the guy that he locked in the closet um, falsely. (laughs) (laughs) You'll have to read the book to get that story because it's really funny. Um, But uh, I've heard that in in a message that he's preached before. So really, really good. It's just a great book. So uh, what are some memorable quotes? I love this part because this is where we get to take those uh, tweetable statements, those nuggets of wisdom, and we get to kind of pick out a few of what we like the most. And I just picked three. I tried to pick one in the beginning, more the middle, and towards the end of the book. There are tons in this book, though, and he does a good job of like putting like them over in the corner of the yeah, book if yes. you're reading it so that you don't miss them. Yep. So what do you got, Amy? Okay. So one of them is later in the book, page 160, he says, we get fixated 
on the presence of our problems and we lose focus on the presence of God. Love that because I think 100% this is what we have the propensity to do. Um, And I think that we allow our problems to become so big that God becomes small. And I think when we get so focused on our problems, we begin to look at ourselves as the resolver of the problems. And usually that creates even a gr- greater problems, right, in our mm-hmm. lives because we're, we are um, not going to him first yeah. with what's going on. Um, and I actually have a, an example in my own life where this has played out, and that's probably why it resonates with me so much, is that you know when Chris had cancer an, a number of years back, I wanted God to heal him. I wanted God to heal him supernaturally, immediately. You know, what anybody would want for a, you know, if if they have a loved one who is dealing with sickness, right? And um, ultimately, you know, Chris did uh, survive cancer, but God didn't do it the way I wanted. Mm. And in the midst of that, all I could consume myself with was the fear of Chris not being around. Mm. And the problem of his cancer, it just consumed me to the point where even when I went to God, the only thing I could have muster up the energy to even just pray was God, just heal him. I just, I just, I just wanted you to heal him. Right. Because my problem was so big, I couldn't even see past it. Um, and I remember God one day saying to me, Amy, I know what you want. I just want you to take a minute and thank me for who I am. Mm. And I'm like, what does I have to do with anything? Like, okay, (laughs) all right, I'm going to do it. So I did it um, reluctantly at first. And so I did a study on on who God is and the names of God. And so I began to one after another thank God for who he was going through all of the names of God. What that did was it, it, it adjusted my perspective. And I stopped looking at the problem, which was Chris's cancer, and I started looking at God. Mm. And something miraculous did happen. Cancer became small. Wow. And God took the rightful place in my heart and in my perspective. And my fear disappeared. So it wasn't that cancer went away right away. It's that my fear disappeared. Mm. And you can only do that when you are super aware of the presence of God. And the reality was God hadn't left at all. Mm-hmm. It's just I allowed my problem to be so big that I couldn't even see him. Um, so that was one quote that I love. And the second one, um, I just because this was so good, I couldn't, I couldn't pass it up. Mm-hmm. When, we, when we have had enough, God is enough. Oh. Love that. And I think that sometimes that's why God lets us go through things that we would never choose for her, ourselves. Because... We, we love being the person that resolves our problems. And it's not until we're at the end of ourselves mm-hmm. and we realize, I just, I can't, I can't. I've had enough. I can't do it anymore. That God, that we actually let God be enough in our lives and that he proves that he is. Yeah. That he is everything he said he was going to be and more, right? But we don't take time to experience that. Mm when we rely on ourselves. Yeah. And that's, to me, that's where when you do that right and you understand that right, you can have the, but if not moment, Mm. God, I'm praying for this, but if not, I trust you. So good. I I mean, me and Haley, we were there. We prayed those things. We said when we were questioning the, the ultrasounds and we were waiting, we we're praying, let this be okay. Let this be healthy. Let, let, let us walk through this pregnancy and, and, and have a baby in, in the end of the year. And, but if not, mm. we prayed that every day, mm. but if not, we trust you to bring us through it because we're not going to be able to. So good. You know, so I love that. I agree. I didn't put that in my list. Um, but I did write that one down. <laughs> um, so uh, I have a few uh, uh, quotes that really stood out to me. Page 12, 
a lie believed as a truth will affect your life as if it were true. We've already mm-hmm. talked about that. It's just powerful. Yeah, uh, It's a reminder that don't believe the lies that you're being told because you believe it enough and you'll start responding and acting as if it's if it's as if it's the truth Absolutely. in your life. Page 132. Sometimes we need to thank God for what he didn't do. Developing the discipline, that discipline helps us reframe our past. So I I know that there's times when you look back on things and you're like, "Oh, that was the worst." Or Oh, I, I just that part of my life was terrible. God just didn't show up or things like that. But when you reframe that and you start thanking God for what he didn't do because you see what it produced later and mm-hmm. the direction that you went or the uh, growth that you had as a result of it, mm-hmm. you start giving glory to God for even the things that you felt weren't ideal. Absolutely. If that makes sense. And and ultimately, as believers, we're designed to give God glory mm. and to bring that to him. He wants that from us. And, and, and that is so good. And we're going to do that for eternity, but why miss the opportunities to do that now? Because we don't want to reframe the way we look at something. Absolutely. And I think this is where putting the right people in your life really helps with yes. this. Um, and why it's really good to put people in your life who've lived a little longer than you because they've had a little longer to practice this and they have some perspective as they look back um with god's help they're able to see things god did differently than they expected and how it was better right so they are able to speak into maybe our current circumstances where we're going i just can't see i don't see the good in this situation um having someone help us put a different frame around what we are experiencing is invaluable. Like, Oh, you know, I've had people do that in my life or, you know, just help. Let's, what if it, what if we looked at it this way and I go, Oh, okay. I I didn't think about that (laughs) before, but it completely changes everything about how I respond. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect for my last quote that I picked on page 192. A change of perspective leads us to praise God and praising God changes our perspective Mm. Um, because there's times when you don't want to praise God. But if you do, just like you were saying with, Mm. with Chris and with cancer and all that, you started praising God and looking to him Mm -hmm. and it made all those other things small. It changed your perspective but you first had to change your perspective to, to do that, right? Right. Um, because you had to say, I'm going to change my perspective. And what did that lead you to do? It, lead, it led me to thank God for who he was. Right. And then when you did that, what did it do to your perspective? Totally changed. Completely changed. It. It's just a great quote. <laughs> so yes. um, page 192, it's a really, really good one. So um, last thing for you, Amy, what is... Uh, for our students, parents, leaders, what's your biggest takeaway for them from this book? Mm, so many good things. I would say as I, you know, it, and this is not unique to students. I think this is something that we all struggle with. We all have the voice in our head that we listen to, right? Mm. Um, we, we, and sometimes the thoughts that go through our head, we are afraid to share it with somebody. Because we're thinking, okay, that might be a little crazy. I, you know, like it scares us. Mm. And but even though we're letting it control how we feel, we're letting it control our day, we're letting it impact our life. It kind of scares us that we are having some of these thoughts that we have, and and we're afraid to talk about it because we we so want to maintain this facade of being, I don't know, whatever this picture is that we've put up that we think we ought to be. And so we don't talk to people about what's going on in our head, in our thoughts. And there is so much power in bringing things to light. And so I would say the takeaway for me, I just appreciated his vulnerability. Mm. Oh my goodness. I mean, here he is a pastor. He's an author. He's this person that, you know, that people listen to, not just in his church, but around our nation. The world. Yes. And he <laughs> just laid out honest thoughts that have impacted his life in a way that was negative. 
and just laid it out there. And he was honest to say, I needed help by talking to someone about what was going on in my head. Mm -hmm. And I think if we could just start there, man, sometimes just bringing something to light is half the battle because it's our fear of what will we do if we admit that this is something that we're dealing with? Mm -hmm. Um, What will that mean? Well, usually it means that we're halfway there. (laughs) We're halfway to overcoming. So I would say the biggest takeaway is um, don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Yeah, that's really good. And um, just to add on to that briefly, this book, it it does not have an age Mm. as far. What I mean by that is this isn't written for students. This isn't written for uh, college students. This isn't written for people middle-aged. This isn't written for retired people. This is written for anybody following anybody following Jesus or not following Jesus that is thinking the wrong things. This is just very practical for anyone. So that's a, that's just something to remember when you think about the book. Cause a lot of times we think about, well, who's this written for? This is written for anybody, (laughs) you know, which is great. So the last question we always ask when we do a book review, do we recommend this book? 100%. Duh. So Yes, this one was so good. Now, there are books that I have read and kind of are like, eh, uh, but often they don't make it to the review. So (laughs) um, this is a definite recommendation. Really, really like this book. Again, it's Winning the War in Your Mind by Craig Rochelle. So, Amy, speaking of recommendations, we always do a rec at the end of an episode, and this can be anything. So I have asked you to provide our recommendation for this episode. Oh, okay. So the this time of year, the weather's getting warm and so it always Praise God. Yes, it's it's time. It's time <laughs> and I'm so excited. Um my recommendation is now that things are warming up and as we're heading towards the summer, if you haven't had a chance to do anything on the river, the Rappahannock, whether it's tubing or kayaking or I'm a water girl. So anything that draws me to the water and we don't have a beach close by. So I'm going to recommend the river. Um, it, it can be a, a really inexpensive activity to do and just enjoy. And I'm hoping that the friends of the Rappahannock are open. I should have checked that out before I put this recommendation out there. I'm hoping that they're going to be opening up soon and that this will be a chance for us to get back out on the river. So yes, I, um, very much agree with this recommendation. I love going to the river. I love so going kayaking. Fun. It's just a good time. There's places to just, if you want to just go take a picnic yep. that you can just hang out and eat with your friends. There's places to walk around and look at the river because it's beautiful. There's so much you can do on the river. And just like Amy said, it's it's either inexpensive or free. Yep. So you should definitely do that. Nice. I like that. So thank you again so much, Amy, for hanging out today. Loved it. And talking to everybody. We'll definitely have you on again. Uh, I want to get you on at some point to talk about girls ministry specifically and what that looks like and all of those things. So uh, that's going to be great when we do that. Uh, But thank thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, We want to hear from you and we want to connect with you, but we need you to connect with us first. You can do that through a few ways. Uh, You can Touch base with us on social media, on the spot.podcast. That's on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, you can listen to our podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts are done. Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts are the main places. But if you have the Spotswood app, you can also find all of the episodes on there as well. If you want to just send us an email, you have questions, you have thoughts of what you want to hear us talk about, things that you think matter, you can email us at on the spot at spotswood.org. So, Please be sure to share the podcast, review it, uh, give us a rating, all of those things. Uh, that goes a long way in helping us get it out there to the world because, again, we think that it matters and we, what we talk about matters, so we think that it matters that people hear it. So if you can help us out by doing that, we would greatly appreciate that. But like always, we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about more stuff that matters. <laughs> <laughs>